listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Ever since COVID, what we know to be the norm is rapidly changing. In order to adapt to this, your business must adjust and transform accordingly. For pharmacies, unlocking the profession's potential to improve patient care is where this opportunity lies. Today's product-focused role of the pharmacist calls for the industry to move toward clinical services. The focus will be on prevention over treatment, and care will happen in the home or community. As accessible and trusted healthcare personnel, pharmacists can play a big role. Happier at Home harnesses this opportunity by showing the benefits of expanding your pharmacy into home care services and how this is a recipe for success. Innovation and growth will help community pharmacies to continue to exist and thrive in the future. Hey, a Global Newswire report came out on um, April 19th, 2023, and it said, according to Market US, the global health care market size is projected to surpass. 797 billion by 2032. And this is not including traditional skilled nursing and long-term care nursing or specialized treatments by themselves because there's just not enough of these throughout the country. And I'm looking to the community pharmacist now knowing that the element of how you ran your businesses 5, 10, 20 years ago is not the way that it's happening today based on DIR fees and relying on prescription revenue alone. We need to expand the community pharmacist and the pharmacy services that we're providing. This is why we're so excited about Happier at Home and what they've done to our network, what they're doing for pharmacy owners nationwide. Debbie, this is another Happier at Home PRN um, opportunity to just I love talking with you. You're you always make I me feel it too. energized. <laughs> I love it too. And I get on here with you and I get so excited because for as much as we're out there on LinkedIn and this podcast, and uh, I know people receive my emails each week with my little videos with information, um, for as much as we're out there, uh, there's so many more people to reach because uh, with people that I've been talking to that are pharmacy owners, they're so busy. I hear it with everyone. Uh, the pharmacy owners are very busy, wrapped up in the everyday. Uh, sometimes they're losing sight of what is the strategy for growth yep. and losing sight that they are that uh, new independent pharmacist and pharmacy owner uh, where they're going to be needing to connect with their community to make uh, services more accessible. Yeah. And, um, by doing that, you're going to be able to expand, but, uh, our guest today is a very entrepreneurial pharmacist and pharmacy owner. Uh, she came to me, oh boy, it must've been maybe about three months ago, maybe a little um, bit more than that. No, not even. January? I not even. think it was February. February. She was like a freight train coming through. I got to tell you, I love this woman. Uh, she's brilliant. She's beautiful. Uh, her name is Leslie Heron. 
She is uh, the owner of Sumner Pharmacy in Adele, Iowa, and her and her husband, Mike, reached out to us uh, to inquire about what we do with Happier at Home. She actually heard one of our podcasts. Is that right, Leslie? That's right. I think she heard our first podcast with Trent Vocal, who's also an incredible uh, Happier at Home business owner and also owner of a couple uh, pharmacies in the Buffalo, New York area. So uh, I wanted to bring Leslie on today because she is the embodiment of the way pharmacy owners need to be forward thinking. And I want people to listen to her story, learn from what she's done, uh, and really hear how things can uh, go along the same track for you as well. Uh, So Leslie, thank you so much uh, for being on here with us today. I know that you are a very busy person, so I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. I'm happy to. Thank you. Um, So, you know, looking back uh, when I was growing up, I I always looked at myself as kind of a tomboy. Um, But I don't know if that was a great way to describe myself. I guess tomboy, yes, that I was always interested in fishing. I was always getting dirty. I was getting scars on my knees from soccer, you know, all of those types of things. But also, I didn't, I didn't look at myself as someone who uh, needed to ask for permission for things. Uh, So I'm just wondering, um, looking at the characteristics of your personality, when you were growing up, what were things like for you? Oh, well, I too was a tomboy. Um, couldn't pay me to get in a dress, but that was simply because I had two older brothers and all I wanted to do was whatever they did. And so tomboy, I mean, I just followed them around and annoyed the crap out of them. And, (laughs) and that's all I wanted to do Well, I take that back. There were two things I wanted to do. I wanted to do that when I was very young. And then as I got a little bit older, probably closer to 10, 11 ish, um, my dream in life was I could not wait to go to work in my uncle's drugstore. He ah. had the epitome of the corner drugstore, fountain, it, you know, it was the center of the neighborhood, the whole nine yards. All I wanted to do was be old enough to go to work in my uncle's drugstore. So I come from a background, it must be in the DNA, but I'm a fourth generation pharmacist. There's all over my family. Um And it's just, I was, like I said, I was born in the back of a drugstore. So it was really all I knew growing up. And my favorite um, family members, my grandpa and my uncle and my dad, they were all pharmacists. So besides wanting to do whatever my brothers did, that's all I really ever knew that I wanted to do. And my uncle kept telling me I couldn't come to work until I was 16. (laughs) And I annoyed the crap out of him too. And finally at 14, I could come to work on Sundays and put the Sunday paper together and deliver Aunt Molly's gallon of milk. (laughs) I was a paper deliverer too. (laughs) And I was just happy as a lark. And, you know, my path, I I always knew my path. And my grandfather tried to talk me out of it because he figured the only reason I was going down that road is because it's all I knew. And so when I was going to college, he made me pick a different career. And so I fi- I 
I applied to some schools of architecture just to appease him. And then finally, and I started school and finally I came back and I said, Grandpa, I just want to be a pharmacist. And oh, he said, that cool? that's okay with me now, but I know it's because it's what you want to do. And I needed to know it was because what you, it was what you wanted to do. And then there I was. So my career path was pretty much always set. Um, and my home base was community pharmacy. Grew up in the neighborhood. Everybody played, you know, kickball in the street. And like I said, I mean, that that community pharmacy was where we went after school and we got all the broken pretzels for free. And <laughs> Is so, that, was that uh, located where you are now as well? No, actually, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yay, oh, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. I graduated from Pitt and still love it there, but have gone a lot of different directions since then. But yeah, that's my, yeah. that's my true route. Is we Pittsburgh. have some friends there, uh, Dan Brown and Helen Clark. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to you guys. Um, so yeah, I love Pittsburgh too. My daughter graduated from Pitt. Uh, oh, did love she? The area. Yes. I didn't know that. Is, we have never talked about where... that. This is the area we're from right now too. This is I, this has been my home for all my life. It's been That's where you're coming from, Todd. Yeah, I, I grew up uh, north of Pittsburgh, but Pitt, the Pitt, the greater Pittsburgh area is is where we're at right now. So Very I grew cool. up in Squirrel Hill, right in huh. right in the heart of it. Yep. Incredible. So yeah. you were watching your grandfather uh, with his uh, location, his pharmacy. And uh, so what do you see differently in how his community pharmacy was in comparison to more modern day pharmacies? How are things different? Well, first thing that comes to mind is bottom line, because now there is hardly any. Um, you know, back in that day, there weren't third parties, there weren't PBMs, there weren't, you know, everything, you know, none of this cash. current <laughs> current structure existed. And so the store, my uncle's store that I was referring to, um, he sold, I, I worked for him from when I was 14 years old until the day he sold the store. And we did inventory after the doors closed and shut it down. And he sold it to Rite Aid, he sold his files to Rite Aid. And that was right at the beginning of, you know, uh, chain again, you know, the chains are coming, the chains are coming, that Armageddon is here and community pharmacy is not going to exist anymore. And uh, there we went. So, you know, community pharmacy still exists. That was a lot of years ago. Um, probably, let's see, over 25 years ago. And mm -hmm. we're still here. We're we're not in the same place. It gets harder every day, but you know what? Service sells and, um, and that's in every industry, service sells. So if, you, if you're good at that, um, you have something that others do not. And I kind of carry that with me we have some, uh, my husband and I have some other businesses. And again, it's all about, it's all about service sales. So um, there are things that we do for our communities that chains and others do not. And as long as we can make sure that they are valued and, and perceived as a value, we will continue to exist. Now the landscape looks different and it gets harder and harder, ne nearly impossible we can't make money filling prescriptions anymore. 
If that's what we do and what we focus on, we are not going to be here in a very, very short period of time. So we have got to figure out as an industry and, and we're doing a great job of it. It's a little late, but not too late um, to figure out how do we diversify and supplement our services so that we can continue to do what we love to do. And that's what brought me to happier at home. So I, I, you know, out of necessity, was always looking for cash paying revenue to keep my business going and, you know, a little bit of CBD, some point of care testing, a great immunization program. Those are all well and good, but they were no longer enough. And I could see that that wasn't going to get me, that wasn't going to get me where I needed to go. And that is what brought me to happier at home. So not only from a um, fiscal standpoint, but I mean, the, what happier at home does, I mean, I, I'm in this industry partly because I want to care for people and mm -hmm. the community is important. And that just goes right along with what we can do with happier at home um, in a cash paying business, which is something <laughs> so I, very I new. Have, I have a quick question. Yeah. Yes. So I have a quick question. So you've now invested in this franchise to become an extension mm -hmm. of your reputation and your excellence right. as a community pharmacy owner. And when you yes. see a statistic, that, a report that just came out uh, on the 19th of April that says there's $8 billion of demand over the next 10 years for more home care services that are very specific, if not to the T, of what Happier at Home is teaching community pharmacies to implement as a value to your community. Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel? Because you've always been value oriented. You're, it, the Sumter name is part of a reputation in that community. So you've done good things for your community. Now you have this opportunity. So how does a, a statistic, I can't say that word, uh, that statistic you make it. you feel as a, as a franchise owner? Validated. Mm -hmm. So it's a daunting statistic. I can't say it either. Just give me a chance. I'll say statistic every time you need me to. <laughs> okay. It's a Thank daunting you, Debbie. Debbie to you. Statistic. <laughs> For sure. But I don't think I'm that surprised, mm -hmm. um, which is why I say validated. So, you know, in looking at happier at home and defining a territory, you know, um, Debbie's guy <laughs> ran yeah. all the statistics and and you know sh mapped out a territory that he thought would be suitable but knowing our area better than than those looking through uh and just the demographics right the demographics yeah. we kind of switched that around because we, where we are we're outside of des moines and it gets to be somewhat suburban first and then mm -hmm. rural and all of those areas, while the, there's there's gobs of of in-home care agencies in Des Moines that could do exact well, not as well, but mm. some of what we're doing. But the areas that we defined our territory are extremely underserved because they can't they just can't get caregivers to go where we want to go. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I heard it time and time again and asking around, you know, like 
going in my doctor's office, there's brochures for home instead. It's, you know, use these guys. Yeah. So why? Well, they're the only ones that yeah. answer the phone. Okay. <laughs> do they have caregivers? No, we can't ever yeah. get anybody. Yeah. So there are so many underserved areas. And then the other perception is that people don't have money to pay for this. And that is wrong. Right. So people Correct. do have money to pay for this, especially when you take a person who is really not at the level of needing to go to assisted living. But, Which is extremely expensive, correct? Right. They but, can't but afford that. <laughs> they can't, you know, so you look at having, and my mom's a great example. She fits right in this category. She lives in the independent living of a CCRC. She does not need assisted living, nor will she Continuum go. Of care retirement community. Yeah. Right. And so she has a caregiver four hours a day, every day. We all live remotely, the kids. And so we know someone's there. Her needs are being met. Um, mm -hmm. she's alive, you know, so, yeah. and she has, she has a long-term care policy, which pays for some of it. But even if she didn't, when you compare the cost of that to assisted living, it's a drop in the mm -hmm. bucket. And it so when is. you put it in that perspective, people have the money to pay for this. They do. And we look at, uh, those that have, um, experienced through COVID their family members being in assisted living or skilled nursing, where it was tragic. It was a horrific scene where they weren't right. able to see family members. Uh, right. They were being uh, neglected, whether it was, I'm sure it wasn't intentional by low some staff. of these communities, uh, but low staffing uh, and just, just not being able to see their loved ones. Uh, so I personally know people who passed um, adults, uh, younger adults, as well as older adults in hospitals, nursing homes. Um, so with the push of everyone really wanting to stay home, you know, no one says, I want to go to a nursing yeah. home, you know, mm -hmm. some people, you know, yes, we want to go to a senior community because right. there it, it's, it's nice to be able to interact with others, have a, a community that's around you. However, um, just as your mother's in an independent senior community, um, she still needs some services. It does, it just because you go to uh, a senior community doesn't mean that okay, now I don't need anything. So not only are you serving people in their homes, but also at different settings. We help people with one-on-one -on -one care in hospitals, in skilled nursing homes. Um, one of the things that as pharmacy owners uh, that you are is that connection between uh, the transitional care units, those in the healthcare continuum, physicians, uh, physical therapists, all of these other providers, um, they may have different episodes where they're seeing uh, patients. However, uh, when you are providing compliance packaging, the, the prescriptions for your patients, you, you are the connection to the community and to these other um, professionals as well. So um, sometimes people don't know that this assistance is out there. So being able to connect with them through your pharmacy is a really, really important thing. Uh, and being able to increase that quality of care in your community. 
So um, when, you know, when you think about the different types of things that you're doing uh, besides the home care, you know, what types of things are you doing uh, in addition to home care? I think you mentioned immunizations as well. Do you have any other unique programs that you're doing? Um, I don't know if they're unique. Um, you know, we have a real strong immunization program. COVID helped with that. We do a pretty decent point of care testing business in Iowa. We can test and treat. So for flu, strep, and COVID, um, we can test and prescribe. And that that's a big deal. That's gone over really well. Uh, I have a pretty successful CBD line. Um, Very good. We do... Uh, long-acting injections will administer. But what, what we're finding as we go out marketing to, um, to all these different referral sources is one of the things that we're differentiating ourselves by is the relationship with the pharmacy. So um, what we can bring that another agency can't is that professional consultation into the home. So we honestly, yes. we don't really care if we're filling patients' prescriptions or not. And in mm -hmm. if you understand the PBM landscape, you'll you'll know why I say really I don't know that I even want to. Mm -hmm. Um but what I can do is provide that tech to go out and do a medication reconciliation. You know, how many homes have you been in? There's 27 bottles of medicine and they're on six and they're from three different pharmacies and they're seeing four different doctors. And we can be as a pharmacist or even a technician, we can be that pharmaceutical care coordinator, which is a big missing piece because, you know, just as daunting as the statistics you shared, Todd, are the statistics about medication errors leading to hospitalizations, deaths, um, you know, untoward events. So, right. you know, that is a really big, important piece. And with that, we can come into the home and do immunizations. We can come into the home and test and treat for flu in our elderly, prevent that hospital admission. Um, right. Ultimately, you know, with the elderly getting flu, prevent that death. So, you know, what we're finding is our referral sources, as we're talking about this, are really excited about that piece mm -hmm. because they can't get that anywhere else. And I honestly foresee um, more getting, gaining more pharmacy clients through our happier at home clients than I do gaining happier at home clients through our pharmacy, if that mm. makes, if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. And with your with your marketing for Happier at Home, um, especially for those physicians' offices who want to make sure their patients are uh, staying home safely and independently as possible, and also the rehabs and transitional care units that need that safe discharge of their patients' home. Right. Uh, when you're marketing to to those. Uh, referral sources for happier at home. Uh, are they interested in the care advocacy piece that you could provide with happier at home? Uh, the care, sometimes we call it care management, where 
you know, sometimes they don't have a family member that is helping them with their medical regimen and to comply with everything the doc needs them to do, whether it's diagnostic testing or um, medication compliance, even picking up their medications. Um, have, have you talked with your referral sources about the care advocacy as well? Somewhat. Um, but to be perfectly honest, being brand new and just trying to build some bill billable hours right now and get going, we haven't really called that out as a separate mm -hmm. service. We right now, I mean, we're in the phase of like, just please, will the phone ring? Hit the, <laughs> and we're doing the ground all running. the right yeah. things and yeah. we're hearing all the right feedback and we're already finding that our name is out there. We're calling people that have now already heard of us. Excellent. Uh, yeah. we, we, so all the right things are happening and it's going to come. Mm -hmm. I know it with every cell in my body, but right now let's just, I want to do the basics. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to swim before we race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. And, and Leslie went through training, boy, was it about a month ago? Not Ooh. even. Yeah. So no, not even it was March 20, it, 20. It, yeah. Not even. So I think you're brand new. Yep. You're brand new with the system. I remember being at training with you and, um, you getting a call and having an assessment <laughs> even before you finish exciting. training. Yeah. So the system works, but, um, Kind of skipping on to a different subject, what um, and what was it like uh, with the process of the pre-training activities? Uh, because if people are thinking about buying a home care business of Happier at Home, uh, what can they expect? You know, is let's say after they sign that franchise agreement, what's it like for them? Well, in doing my due diligence about happier at home. When I was talking to other franchisees, one of the questions I asked every single one of them was, does Debbie do what she says she's going to do? And unequivocally, the answer was always yes. So awesome. yeah, um, I, I've never bought a franchise before. I've never been involved in a franchise before. I know nothing about franchising, but I can't imagine a more well thought out soup to nuts and then some program being just handed to you with the training to go with it. I, I, I just, I, I really can't. So and maybe uh, McDonald's is you. the same way. I don't know, but Debbie does what Debbie says she's going to do. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. Yeah. The, you know, you sign that franchise agreement, you're given a list of stuff to do before you come to training. It's almost not enough. Like that, that list, we could have been doing more and mm -hmm. we were excited and anxious to get started. And, you know, we got our, our business support manager on right away. And the, we, we were like, come on, give us more, give us more, give us more. <laughs> that is your um, personality. I see. <laughs> yeah. So that honestly, that was the, I mean, I don't know if that's a bad thing, but that was the only 
like frustration was we were just anxious and wanted to get going. Like, give me this, yep. give me this, give me this. <laughs> and like, I well. wish that we had every one of our franchisees just following our system like that, because it's, it, the system is there because it works. It's a proven model. So you were smart enough to just do everything we needed you to do. And um, we didn't have to pull teeth to get things done. And that was refreshing because it's not a common thing. Um, but if you you're going to get that. it, <laughs> I know if you're, if you're going to do it, just um, buy in and just get going. Um, I think uh, I hear people are busy. However, when you're this, that was really a lot of things to do quickly, especially you. I mean, you, you really did um, start quickly. You hired your business support manager. Now hiring that business support manager uh, for so many of the pharmacy owners that have, that can't step away as much from the pharmacy, uh, that business support manager is going to spearhead your efforts. Um, so, you know, you being involved uh and I love the idea of leveraging your position in the community and your uh, reputation with the other healthcare providers too. Uh, and like you said, it it will come on and just buckle up because it comes on fast. <laughs> and then you're like, oh my goodness, I got to keep hiring. I have to get, you know, it's a constant um constant growth. You might lose a couple patients uh, because they die or move on to a higher level of care. Um, but it's always an upward, upward climb. Right. So it's right. very exciting. And, you know, as far as doing what I say, uh, I want all of our business owners to be successful. And I well, know, know. yep, uh, absolutely. And I'm passionate about this. Uh, so we do have a unique model because with Happier at Home, you're doing that care advocacy and home care and medication management solutions in the home. Um, so all of these things work really well with your, with your pharmacy. But um, as long as you just continue to follow the process and Yes, I am very detail oriented, as you could tell. Um, you keep following that process and and you'll be hugely successful. So um, I'm very excited about I that, that too. I, yeah, I do believe that. And, you know, I figured, I don't, I guess, you know, I buy a franchise. I, I, I why wouldn't I do what I'm supposed to do to get it going? And I don't have a model. I don't have any experience at this. So, you know, someone's going to hand me a model. Why wouldn't I do that? And then if it doesn't work for, I got to tweak this, I got to tweak that. We can talk about it, but I mean, why decide it's not going to work before I try it? Right. Um, and you know, if, you got to are... spend money to make money. Mm -hmm. So one of the things when, when we purchased Sumter Pharmacy five years ago, you know, I, I like to work the bench. I, I really like my patients. I, I like that interaction. I, I just, I do. But um, I decided from the get-go, I can work the bench and save money by not having to pay a pharmacist, or I can let a pharmacist work the bench and I can make money. <laughs> There's a big like difference. It. 
And so I have kept myself from staffing the pharmacy, except, you know, I am not the main person that staffs the pharmacy. So um, plus with our other businesses, I need to be able to travel and and do it. So it just wasn't going to work. And so when I looked at Happier at Home, I... I made some even more changes at the pharmacy because I have a whiz bang business support manager and she, I was lucky. She's we awesome. found her right away. Yeah. She was on board two weeks before we came to training, like all the pieces fell into place where that's concerned. But I got to tell you, if I wasn't here too, there's too much. I mean, they, we're hitting it hard and we wouldn't be able to hit it this hard. I mean, I yeah. gotta be, I gotta be available. Now I, I don't need to be available because I need to supervise. I need to, I mean, it, it's a, a lot of work just for the two of us. Now, once we get up and rolling and get into that routine and everything's kind of jiving, it won't take me. It, I won't need to right. be doing this, but. So it's your choice if you want to, it, to do that and, marketing and be that face yeah. of your company too. Yeah, that but, is nice but to if be you're able coming to do that. at it from the independent pharmacy perspective, you know, and walk right into our local clinic and say, you know, hey, Danielle, get me on the lunch calendar. You know, um, you know, I, I know all these people. They know mm-hmm. us, like you said, and they know our reputation and especially COVID was, <laughs> COVID was the best thing that ever happened to independent pharmacy and to my business. I got to tell you, but we have such a reputation from that and everything we did in the community that you came um, to the rescue for people. Yeah. It's served, it's serving us well now. And Mm -hmm. if, if Katie was out there on her own without that connection locally, it would be harder. Um, Now in other areas around our territory, you know, I don't make that much of a difference, but why wouldn't we leverage that with me being involved right now? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I like that. And we do have so many of our business owners that uh, the pharmacy, the the pharmacist, who's the business owner, uh, owning Happier at Home, I love for them to either go out marketing themselves or introduce their business support manager to their connections. Um, If not name drop, that's what I say all the time. Mention that, uh, you know, we were owned by the same company that owns Sumner Pharmacy. And, uh, you know, we're always here for our community. So we are expanding and uh, providing these additional services. And you have that engagement with your healthcare community. Uh, You're increasing your accessibility and, you know, I have to say in the many, many years that I've been uh, in home care, not everyone understands or knows that these services are out there. They think, right. well, if I just go in the hospital, then when I come out, I'll have some services, but not everything. Uh, so you really have to educate the public uh, and let them know that you can provide these types of services. And it doesn't have to be that you come in and just take over for them. Uh, You're there to support their independence. And by supporting their independence and being there uh, to do that, if a crisis occurs and they have some kind of medical event or, um, you know, maybe they fall and break a hip and have to go in for surgery, 
then they already have established a communication and a connection with you where then you can just increase your home care services with them uh, instead of just a crisis and they go into the hospital and the hospital says, oh, well, you better go to assisted living or you better go to a nursing home. No, we have a care advocate. We're going to help that person transition back home safely and um, just hopefully continue on with their independence at home too. So. And one of the, um, one of our marketing pushes is it not just for seniors. So I, again, I use myself as an example, a year and a half ago, I had a very extensive knee surgery and if I lived on my own, I would have needed a caregiver for a short period of time, but I would have needed a caregiver. Now, luckily mm -hmm. I'm married and I have awesome in-laws that could help as well, but I would have needed somebody to come in probably three, four hours a day, make sure, you know, make sure I had something to eat set up and I couldn't get back and forth to PT myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I couldn't, shower safely without, I, you know, somebody needed to be there. Somebody needed to change the ice in my machine. I mean, it was a, it was a big surgery. And yeah. so we're, we're harping on that too. And that's going over well with, you know, PTs, chiropractors, um, ortho, yeah. ortho offices. Right, right, right. Yep. Yeah. Day, centers, and, and day, day, day surgery centers, yeah. you know, people, want, people, they won't release somebody to an Uber. Right. Yep. To get home. So you have to go so, there with your caregiver. Right. Yeah. Right. In fact, yep. the first booking that we have is a guy, he has having prostate surgery and he has to go to the, um, the hospital is three hours from his home. And so wow. we're taking him, we're making sure he gets in, gets settled, gets registered and I'll, and be with him initially. And then the next day we're coming back to bring him home and get him home safely and settled there. So, and we're not sure yet. There may be a little bit of an ongoing, but you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of hours to do their, a little work. Yeah. Especially if they, if they have those terps, he's going to need a little ongoing care for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and along those lines, uh, we also provide services for the disabled. Uh, if they're developmentally disabled, their caregivers need a break. Um, right. that's, that's another, uh, kind of sector that we help out as well. So, so you have all great things happening. I, I told Marie, our, you know, you know, Marie, but Marie is our vice president of training and field operations. And I said, Leslie's kicking butt. I, I know she's gonna, she's gonna do incredibly well. And I, I would put my money on it and I, I know you will. I know I already you will. Did it. I already put mine on it. Well, I'm glad and I'm I'm honored that you put your trust in us because I'm dedicated to your success and uh are here to support you. And you know, you mentioned uh at one point uh you know, if you have different ideas or questions, you know, that's one thing that I always want our franchisees to do is reach out to us. That's what we're there for is to support you and to, uh, if you have questions or if you have new ideas, I, I want you to always reach out. It's not a bother. I want you to talk with us about anything. Well, the neat thing right now too about the franchise is that, you know, we're not 
a lot of us aren't in competition with each other. And so it can really be, I'm looking forward to, to having that collaboration piece with, you know, sharing ideas, not just with you, but with the whole group. I mean, it, I think yeah. we could really support each other really well. And I mean, I have, if I, I have nothing, I mean, I'm an open book. I mean, it's, I'll Most share anything are. with anybody because yeah. they're not, we're not vying for the same business. So let's help each other out. And that, that's a piece like right now with happier at home is just really fantastic. I know one day you'll grow and you'll have a million sites in every state and that won't always be the case, <laughs> but right now I think it can be a really good thing. Yeah, we, um, it's, we are a family and I love our monthly franchisee calls. Actually, I think we have one next week, week. maybe Wednesday. It'll be my first. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. So, all right. Well, I think we can wrap up. Any final thoughts, Todd? Yeah, I just want to make some statements to our listeners and letting you understand that when you combined the structural excellence in this program, and now you embed it into what your community pharmacy has done for years. Leslie, you concentrate on opioid use disorder. You concentrate on CBD leverage and how that ties in. And that's integrative medicine. You concentrate on medication management and strip packaging to assure that adherence is all. When I think of that fusing with happier at home, it makes me giddy with excitement to think of <laughs> the community pharmacist who's going to get real aggressive and creative with this model to expand um, medica medication might be depleting a specific vitamin. And the next thing you know, you talk with your patient about a vitamin E or a insertion into a strip packaging or something that kind of expands services that you need and products that you need that they need. But now you have more exposure to the combining of what's happening at home what they might be deficient in, including just general care and how this yeah. ties back into medication management. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. Yep. And again, that's, you know, when we market that, Pete, that's what service will definitely set us apart. We will answer the phone. We will have caregivers to provide, but the, the tie to the pharmacy is what really sets us apart from our competition in yep. this, in this space. Exactly. Exactly. And Happier at Home is really the home care company for pharmacy owners. Where well, I mean, you, you've caught on to, you know, a great market for franchising because we all are in a desperate spot needing cash revenue. And, and this is a, a, a very profitable pro forma. Um, and it's just synergistic. So that's kudos to you. And if there are people watching this podcast that would like to reach out to me and talk to me directly, I'm happy to do that. So nice in of the, you to in offer the show that. notes. We'll have connection um, with Leslie. Um, obviously, we'll have linked up with Debbie and her team. Um, go to happieratthomefranchise.com. Once again, that's happier at homefranchise.com to schedule a meeting with Debbie and her team. It's almost, I've said this to you before, Debbie, but it's its no longer a question of if your community needs this, it's when are you going to align 
and take the step forward to deliver this service that's desperately needed. $800 billion worth of services are needed over the next 10 years. Why aren't you part of that in delivering those services to your community? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you both uh, for joining me for Happier at Home PRN. And uh, I think that's a wrap. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye.